definitely human. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 19 and I'm currently at Quint's Honey Farm doing a little tour of the beekeeping that they do. When I think about what next to do on the farm, you know, obviously I've got chickens and the eggs and I was thinking it would be so amazing to have our own honey and get our own bees. And I was chatting to mum over a cup of tea and a bit of cake the other day and I sort of mentioned about how I'd be up having bees and she said, oh, I've always wanted to keep bees. So yeah, I thought, right, I need to do a bit of investigation first. So our local beekeeping company in North Devon is Quince Honey Farms, and they do honey tours, and you can sort of have a a fun day out for the family here. We had a flower to hive talk, so a talk all about, you know, what the best flowers are that you can have for bees in your garden. Kind of unsurprisingly, the number one flower for bees is raspberries and blackberries. So if you think of those flowers that sort of are naturally in the hedgerows on bramble bushes and things, it's the perfect shape for a honeybee. Uh, and also broad beans so if you're a lover of broad beans we know that mum and I aren't but they produce an amazing flower um, in the garden for bees to enjoy as well we then had a beekeeping demo so we saw they actually they took apart a hive for us to see and we could see inside the hive like the top bit where only the worker bees can go and then in the bottom bit there's a bit of mesh where the queen bee can't fit through so she's definitely at the bottom surrounded by all the little worker bees and some of the boy drone bees they said that a worker bee visits between 100 and 150 flowers with each trip that it takes out of the hive uh, to come back laden with pollen (laughs) so that was really cool uh, to learn about and also the reason why you have the smoke that you blow into the hives is just because it kind of like reduces for 20 minutes it kind of numbs their senses of the pheromones in the air so that basically the beekeeper doesn't get like attacked and stung to death even though she was wearing the full garb it sends the drone bees out to sort of like start attacking if too many of them get upset so by puffing a little bit of the smoke it kind of warns them that the beekeeper is coming in it was so interesting taking apart all the sections the sections are close together just so each bee can pass each other perfectly inside they have lots of space inside and they don't overheat which is very important so yeah, next is the honey factory tour where we can see how they make the frames for the honey hives and extract the honey, which I'm very interested about, and the bottling takes place too. So I will report back after I've seen that. So we've just been to the factory and seen how they jar up the honey and make the frames of the aviaries. 
So when they open up the aviaries, they have to put a pallet knife across the wax to sort of take the seals off of the honey and let it all drip out. It takes about two days to drip out uh, and then it's funneled into jars. One honeybee makes a twelfth of a teaspoon in its entire life. So honeybees live to be about six weeks old, the work bees. So they put it through a kind of sieve to get rid of any little bits of like splinters from the hive or any kind of like wings of the bees or anything that you wouldn't really want to see in your honey. But apparently the sign of a really good honey is that it does sort of set and go hard in your cupboard and the best way to unset it is to put it in hot water and let it go loose again we just did oh i'm dropping stuff we just did a honey tasting of spring blossom honey, summer honey, Exmoor heather honey, and they've even put hives up on the Scottish moorlands for Scottish heather honey. I think that's one of the most amazing things with a honey and like where you put the aviaries and honey hives is dependent on the flowers that surround it. So the spring blossom honey is the rapeseed that is out, one of the early flowering sort of farmed flowers that's available everywhere in the North Devon countryside. And then the heathers, so on the moors of Scotland and Exmoor, you obviously get a lot of heather and it's a really dark dark brown color and just the most amazing taste and it's almost got crystals in it as well it's so delicious honey is the only food that never goes off which i think is amazing they found honey in tutankhamun's um grave site so uh, he loved his honey and yet never goes off it is a ph of 7.5 it's antifungal um we did manage to pull aside the lady giving the tour and sort of tell her that we were interested in having honeys on the farm and she said that you can approach the beekeeping association and they will actually teach you how to keep hives they will put hives on your farmland for a year just so you can sort of be surrounded by bees you know make sure that you're actually okay with it before you invest sort of 200 pounds in actually buying all the like aviaries and the queen bees and things start shipping them in you can actually test it out i guess similar to how i'm going to do with the vineyard where i'm actually going to go and do a course and sort of learn and how to prune and look after a vineyard and then come back and do it on my own you do the same thing with the beekeeping association where they'll teach you what to do and they'll come and check out your hives make sure they're doing okay and you sort of go there and learn what to do and then go back and do it on your own hives mum said you know have you been put off how have you found it i absolutely haven't been put off i think this is amazing and i'm really keen to do it um it definitely seems like quite an amount of work but i mean how amazing to have our own uh, honey on the farm so if you want to bring the family to Quince Honey Farm, it's in South Malton, North Devon. It's just off the road. They've got a restaurant and a coffee shop. I actually got a heather honey latte uh, iced, which was really, really good. They've just moved to like a giant site that's surrounded by, you can go on um, like walks and through all the wildflower meadows. And it's all in like a honeycomb shape and you can see the factory and there's like even a little play high for the kids and there's tons of stuff to do. It's £12 and you can sort of learn how to keep bees yourself and see the factory tour and everything. So it's a really really good day out okay mum's waiting impatiently by the car so time for me to go <laughs> so i just got back from quince honey farm i am in my veg patch and i'm just checking out my wall situation so one of the things that i've been doing in my own garden to help with bees i was very wet behind the ears i had no idea that there was such a thing as solitary bees and i've only just been learning about this recently that not all bees are in hives some bees are just out there on their own, single working bees, loving life um, all for themselves. So <laughs> I got a little bee hotel for the garden, which looks super cute. I've had it about a month and I can see that it's actually already in use. There's a couple of holes that have like little trails going into them. And there's one hole that's definitely in use by a spider. There's a little spider web in there. So I'm pleased it's found a home for him. Um, one of the things about having a bee hotel is it gives them a little resting pit stop from the heat of the day or to sleep in the evening somewhere safe, somewhere to hibernate over the winter 
winter time. If you're going to get one, you just need to make sure that the positioning of the beehive is in a southeasterly direction. So wherever the sun rises in the morning, it needs to hit that bee hotel and give it some warmth to say, wake up bees. Also, it needs to be about a meter off the ground just to stop any predators for getting to it. I'm not quite sure what predators we have here in the UK garden that would be attacking bee hotels. There's definitely no bears or anything around and there's no honey to be had anyway. Um, But one thing I did notice actually is the holes in the cinder block wall that surround the walled garden. I saw a leafcutter bee the other day going in and out and that's a solitary bee. So he was carrying little leaves behind him going in and out working very hard. So I'm really happy that already we have a lot of little hidey holes in the garden for them to go into. So Lots more to come on my potential honey empire. Um, I'm definitely going to do a lot more research with that in the next few episodes on how we can get our own hives here on the farm. But now it's a very exciting time on the farm because we are nearly ready for harvest. We're hoping to harvest the barley tomorrow and the combine harvester to move in. So I'm going to go now with mum and Nigel to the first field that's due to be combined and check that the wheat is ripe and the straw is nice and yellow from green and ready to harvest. You try and eat it. Try and bite it in half. Bite you a take grain a up. grain and then try Find and bite it. Find one that's it. necked over. So one that's snapped at the neck. Is that how you know it's ripe? Yeah, yeah. that's how you know it's ripe. Yeah. You take off one of the. Try and bite the grain with your front teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just try and bite it. Oh, I can't. No. no and is that a sign it's ripe? It's ripe. If you take one of these, look, they're still green. Mm-hmm. You see, I can push my fingernail into that. See, look, it's oh, like yeah. a milkiness that comes out. Yeah, completely different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. what a rook likes. Yeah. But it's not what we like. Okay. <laughs> do you need to go to the dentist often? Yes, I do. <laughs> so what causes the green clumps? Just doesn't get the sun get as much? Sometimes the grain will brighten before the straw. Oh, Okay. So the combine just takes off the top and then the straw is left high and then they come in and cut it or? No, no, no it's cut at it's the same cut time. It's cut for like four inches of the ground okay. like that. So there's no option for it to become yellow or does it yellow even if it's after it's been cut? What, the straw? Yeah, if it's got like a oh, green it'll, thing, it'll, does it matter? It'll dry out. It'll oh, dry. Okay, it'll dry when it's lying on the ground. Yeah. Okay, I'm learning. It spews the, the straw out the back. Yeah. And retains the grain in the tank within the combine right and then when the tank is full that's when Nigel runs alongside with the trailer and he spits it all into the trailer and Nigel takes it back to the yard got it I imagine there's not much time between you having to go back to the sheds and drop it off and then right back and he's filling it up again two two trailers trailers. ah okay yeah so he leaves one sitting on the side and he can go and empty in that one if Nigel's not back in time Compared to when we stood here this time last year. Oh, quite yeah. We stood here this time last year. The weather had been so awful. All you could see was soil. Really? Yeah, yeah really. there was hardly anything in this field. It was, it was a disaster. Oh, now it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, yeah. What, four or five foot high? Four or five foot? Two yeah. to three foot. <laughs> <laughs> Two to three foot. I don't how know how, how tall is a foot. <laughs> five foot talk, seven. She talks in centimetres. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm five generation. foot five, so if that's five foot... Two, three foot in places. Yeah, two two foot six to three foot, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you want to combine it at the perfect time, just as it's ripe and before you get the next rain and it would all flop over and go mulchy. Walk into the crop to see it. It's no good looking at the stuff around the edges because that's always going to be short and drier. Mm -hmm. So you walk into the middle where you get a better idea of what it's really doing. 
see this bottom of this field. Look how wet it was in the winter. Oh time, yeah, nothing's grown. It's so. very patchy. So that's not rabbits that have done that. No, that no, is no. just that the, the just weather wet. conditions. It was so wet earlier on when it was drilled that the water was running down the hill and it was running out of here and then down through. Oh no, down the, to the other into field. The stream. Yeah, it was just running off here. So this is the first field, and it starts tomorrow. That's or not? Plan, yeah. yeah, that's the plan. So I've just arrived at the spot where we were recording yesterday. The first field to be combined sort of I don't know what it is 26 degrees or something it's really hot um, but I've just come to see them start so um, they've done the left hand and the top I guess they're doing kind of like a corner shape going up and down the field the combine's coming towards me in the distance I can see sort of rows and rows of straw that's waiting to be picked up later who purchased it from the straw sale it's so nice seeing you know I can see down right to the beach and the sand dunes beyond and I can see the combine harvesters slowly coming towards me and just plumes of dust rolling up the hill the smell is amazing it just smells like straw really but it smells you know kind of musty and I don't know it just it's nostalgia for me it reminds me of being a kid I kind of feel like this is the first time of me seeing like a combine as an adult. I don't really remember seeing the combine. I was usually always away in London when we had the harvest. So this really kind of feels like I'm seeing it again with fresh eyes. It was really nice to come yesterday with Nigel and mum and actually get a feel for what we're looking for. So seeing how many ears on the corn we need. 34 ears or something, I think he said at one point. It was one of the pieces of corn we found that was really nice and long, basically, and had lots of seeds on it. Yeah, we're doing the barley at the moment. Um, and also Nigel was sort of picking off bits, sort of rubbing it in his hands, and then getting the individual pieces of barley and putting them between his teeth to sort of crunch down and see how hard they were. And if they were really hard, then it's basically ready to go. When the rooks were on it back along... It was really milky, and that's when they enjoy eating it. Right now, a bird couldn't eat it. I mean, Nigel practically broke his teeth on one piece, so it's definitely ready to harvest. Combine's just coming past me, and I can see the kind of red spinny forks in the front sort of feeding the blades of barley into the cutters behind. And then it's just chuffing out big plumes of straw and dust out the back. I suppose it's separating the uh, straw from the actual grain. Now it's just lifted up its front wheels and it's turning around. Oh, it's just like spewing straw out the back. It's so amazing. And it's reversing and going the other way, I guess. It was funny. Everybody was complaining at the straw sale about the guy that we had combining last year. He didn't cut the straw low enough to the ground. And this guy has been combining on our farm his whole life or my whole life, my whole life. And he basically decided he wanted to retire. So he sold his combine and we got somebody else. And he wasn't good enough. And he actually turned up, um, the guy who's combining it now, turned up on our farm to see how the other guy was doing. And he was so shocked. Um, and he decided he actually really missed combining. So this year he's bought a combine again. And now he's back to combine our fields once more. So everybody's super happy that he's returned. Once a combiner, always a combiner, I guess. I'm glad I'm wearing my sunglasses. I've got so much dust going into my eyes. <laughs> but it's nice on top of the hill with the wind. I can see the sand dunes beyond and the sea. And then the hill sloping down to the town next to us. And then him in the distance sort of going back and forth with the combine.
Nigel's walking up and down on the phone. I'm not sure if he's on the phone to the combiner trying to work out when he'll be full. He's got the tractor to the left with the trailer on the back ready to drive alongside him so that when the container on the back is filled with grain, he has to drive kind of parallel to the combine while the chute comes out and puts all of the grain into the back of the trailer to go to our farm sheds to be stored ready for when they'll be sold in a few months' time. So this is the first of many fields that are due to be combined. I imagine Nigel will be very busy over the next couple of weeks. There's been a heavy dew each night, so actually the combine can't start until about one o'clock lunchtime, waiting for the sun to completely dry out the fields and the grain. So the combine will be working every day from about 1 to 7 p.m., I think. Um, yeah, for the next couple of weeks. With the barley's first, then comes the wheat. The wheat's still got a bit of uh, maturing to do. But yeah, it really feels like I've seen the kind of full circle of the farm, although I suppose I wasn't here to see the actual drilling, so <laughs> not quite. But yeah, I do remember it being in the wintertime, kind of in the field looking like little blades of grass and now to see it so big and beautiful and being harvested yeah it's amazing to see so much fun I just got to ride in the combine harvester I was down taking some um, videos and photos for social meads and he sort of stopped and gestured me in and so I ran up and wow it's such a different view from up inside the cab one it's nice and air-conditioned so it's really lovely to sit up there and feel cool but to see the barley being sort of taken in by the god I need to get the technical knowledge right taken in by the red comb thing in the front and it all fed through there's a glass panel behind where you sit and you can see all the grain sort of piling up it was so amazing so I'm just chilling at the studio after the high octane thrill of the harvest and looking out over the incredible view, there's a really full moon over the last few nights and the tide is really high. Um, there's lots of clouds in the sky and the hills opposite are sort of highlighted in sunshine. There's like a marshy kind of area at the bottom of the hill opposite, which is currently sort of half under flood. I can see flocks of estuary birds coming in on the marshland, probably feeding on lots of insects and things. After the harvest of this episode, this is kind of the end of the calendar year of farming, um, which is incredible. It's sort of like halfway through the year, but this is it for our farm now. We have finished the harvest of the winter wheat and the winter barley. So you listen to the winter barley this week. Next week, we'll do the winter wheat, um, which will be the same thing again, just a different grain. And now we are deciding what grain to plant next year. So everything is in a crop rotation. So after barley, we will plant maize or potatoes, which adds nitrogen back into the soil and fixes it. After that, we will add wheat because it's the hungriest crop. And then after wheat, we add barley and we circle back and rotate again. Mum has just signed a lease for a farmer who's going to put his pregnant ewes in the field that we just recorded in the first harvest. He's going to be planting stubble turnips and kale. There's not much grass available, um, obviously. Over the wintertime, everything dies back. But if you plant root vegetables, they have plenty of stuff to feast on uh, to help their little baby lambs grow. So that's the harvest done. Another farming year has passed and now we start and we do it all again. It's the circle of life. <laughs>
Okay, so I know what you're thinking. Voice of an angel? Seriously, is there anything I can't do? Let's find out together. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by my poor husband, David Knight. Thanks, them, and thanks you. And if you're supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our after show series, Hashtag Farm Life. This week, I'll be wowing my husband with facts about honey. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Acast and Befeller. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skide trætte af alle de der podcast og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmagre.